Welcome back to Chin Music, the best baseball show in town, certainly the best hot stove baseball show in town. Stars of the show, Roy Smalley, former Twins All-Star, current Twins broadcaster, Lavelle E. Neal III, Star Tribune columnist, former Twins beat writer. I'm Jim Suhan, Star Tribune columnist, also former beat writer. By the way, plug, Bobby Nightingale, great young beat writer uh, covering the Twins for the Star Tribune. He's covering the winter meetings, doing a great job. Highly recommend him and the Star Tribune for your twi- great people in place and uh, Bobby's getting after it. Let's start today. Louis Varland. I think it's a. I think it's an easy decision to put him in the bullpen. His ERA as a starter is five and a half. His, his ERA as a reliever is one and a half. 17 strikeouts, one walk as a reliever. But it's easy for us to say we don't have to have that conversation with him like the Twins do. I'm interested in where you guys fall on what they should do with him. And if it's 100% he should be the reliever or do you have some some – Mixed feelings about it. Let's start with Roy today. Yeah, bullpen. Um, velocity is too good uh, in um, in a short uh, outing uh, not to have him. Uh, the, the disparity between his velocity as a starter and velocity um, as a reliever is 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 a lot. And uh, when you've got somebody can throw ninety seven uh, or ninety eight, I. Um, and he, and he has to he can't he can't sustain that uh, uh, as a starter. I, I think you look at bullpen, and the reason why he can't sustain it as a starter, I mean, a lot of guys you know, can throw harder for one inning than they can for six, but he doesn't have the the secondary pitches uh, that a starter needs. He's got enough of of a second pitch. To uh, you know, to make it as a guy out of the bullpen throwing 97, sometimes 98, uh, he doesn't necessarily need a third pitch. Although, if the changeup gets better, uh, he's going to be really, really devastating late in the ball game. So, I, I mean, I, you may have to at some point in time press him into starting uh, if some of the other young guys falter and st- start stretching him out and moving him out of the bullpen. But I just think it's too alluring to have. A guy like that, especially uh, when there's um, uh, you don't know for sure about uh, Jorge uh, Alcala, and um, uh, they um, they lost um, Pagan uh, Pagan to uh, so there's a there's another similar guy. I just think you have to put him in the bullpen. Lavelle. Before I answer this question, I want to know, <laughs> Roy, did the Cougar stop at your house before it was seen in Lowry Hill or after it was seen in Lowry Hill? <laughs> it did not make it to my house. I've <laughs> okay. got, uh, I've got uh, uh, turkeys and uh, coyotes and an occasional fox and... Um, and more varmints that I can shoot, but um, uh, <laughs> but no cougar yet, thankfully. All right. I, I always heard most of the cougars hang out in Edina. Whoa! Yeah, well, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna tell Lavelle that uh, he might have to take that up with uh, my wife. That she might not appreciate the, the rep. <laughs> yeah, Lavelle, watch your mouth, buddy. Oh man, I just. I have just. Driven the show already into the gutter. Uh, That's right. We start in the gutter. We might as well stay here. As far as Varlin's concerned, um, <laughs> all, 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 I, all I know is this: 
Uh, talking to Rocco at the end of the year, he was nearly salivating over what he saw from yes. Rocco as a reliever. Um, yes. You know, in addition to throwing 97 to 100, he's got a really good cut fastball. Um, and he looked dominant. And uh, hitters didn't know what to do with him. So it's going to be a matter of talking Louis into doing it because Louis wants to be a starter. Um, we've reported that during the season. Of course, he thinks starters are the guys who, you know, can make a ton of money, but a premium reliever is not cheap either in baseball today. So I think uh, he should, he should be open to pitching in a role that uh, reveals the best version of himself. And I think that is definitely as a reliever. So that'll be interesting to see um, if for that to happen, for it to be easier for the twins to do, they've got to, add a couple starters to the inventory. Um, they really had a good year last year in terms of starters staying relatively healthy. They didn't have to use 10 or 11 or 12 uh, different starters as they had in the past. Um, I don't know if that's, if they're going to be a repeat that I think they, they need to have, you know, three or four guys, you know, simmering at AAA to be caught up when needed. And if you decide to put Varlin uh, in the bullpen, then that's going to uh, increase the necessity to add starting pitching elsewhere. And I think they're, I, I do. I mean, you know, they have Lopez, Ryan, Ober, Paddock, and then they do need to find a fifth starter. I think, I still think they're going to trade for one. And if they trade for one, I, I just think, you know, as you guys said, I understand Louie wanting to be a starter, but you can make, I think he will have a longer, better, more lucrative career as a dominant reliever than he would as a fourth, fifth starter guy who those guys don't make a ton of money. Fifth star people aren't overpaying fifth starters. They will, but if you you become an all-star caliber uh setup man or closer, you will make a lot of money. And he he's fantastic. As you said, Lavelle, uh Rocco loves him thinks he might be a difference maker for the franchise as a setup guy. You look at this bullpen, Duran, Barland, Brock Stewart, Thielbar, Jax, Alcala, uh, you know, and then you have some other guys who are, who are intriguing as well. But, I mean, they could have the kind of – we could have a Twins fan base go from, why doesn't the pitcher – why doesn't the starter pitcher pitch into the seventh start going – God, I wish they would pull the starter so we can see all this, all these great relievers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why are they letting the starter go into the sixth inning? Yeah, <laughs> they would have right. a, almost a. Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying it could be it could they could, it could be dynamic. It could be well. What? Go ahead, Roy. Well, I just, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. I go ahead. I no. I, I just have one other thought about that. Go. Um, okay. Well. Regardless of what happens with the starters, they're going to need they're going to need that bullpen. I mean, unless they unless they go out and get you know and get a number one someone that's ahead of you know Pablo Lopez, which they're not going to do and they can't afford to do. Um, they the starters, whoever they have, the, even you know from you know Lopez on down, they're not going to pitch into the seventh. I mean, they're just not. I mean, Lopez will a certain number of times, but but they're not going to. So uh, they're going to need that bullpen. And I think that's just another reason why uh, Varland, with that stuff, uh, with that velocity and, that, and, and his bulldog mentality, I mean, I, I just think, I think he jumps, he could jump right to the, uh, to the, to the top of the class behind Duran. 
um, yeah, almost uh, almost immediately. I I think Brock Stewart's uh, Brock Stewart holds that right now for me. Uh, Varlin will challenge him in terms of um, he'll be right there uh, with him, and then you got Jax and Theobar as you mentioned. That's a terrific uh, terrific bullpen, and they're going to need it because after after Lopez, um, you know, I, I, Joe Ryan worries me. I just uh, and, and maybe that's a, a topic for another day. But I let's just say that they, I, I think there's lots of reasons why Louis Varlin needs to be in the bullpen. We will talk more about Joe Ryan. Maybe, maybe that'll be a good topic for next week. Uh, let me reintroduce the show. There's a Chin Music. There's a baseball show at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Uh, we are brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks also to All Energy Solar. And uh, I also want to throw out a special shout out to uh, my favorite clothing store, Twill in the Dining Gallery. That's Scott Dayton's shop. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens. We do appreciate it. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks also to Glicks and Grain Belt and everyone who has helped us put on live shows downtown. Thanks also to Glicks for hosting my band the other night. What a blast that was. Let's get into some broadcast stuff. I was talking to somebody who has pretty good connections yesterday, and they're saying that there's still a chance the Twins could be on Bally's one more year. There's a way to do a one-year deal. There are a lot of moving parts there. Uh, we probably won't have much closure until we see what happens with all the, the lawsuits and the sales of regional sports networks, all this kind of stuff, who buys the regional sport. There's a lot. There are a lot of moving parts. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen yet. But, Roy, you're in the broadcast industry. Lavelle, you cover <laughs> all things twins. Do you got, either of you guys have any insights or thoughts on where all this is headed? Let's start with Lavelle today. Well, I, I, I heard the same thing uh, in recent weeks about the possibility of uh, the game's being put on uh, uh, some sort of one-year thing. But uh, Bally's just got an extension to whatever court case they're involved in to March 28th, which is opening day. And I don't know if the Twins can wait that long to uh, finalize what they're going to do for a broadcast partner. So that's uh, my concern about the, the whole thing. Um, I was encouraged last week during the Corey Provis interview when he said that he was received assurances that twins games would not be blacked out. Uh, I think that's a good move that, uh, that delivers a product to more people um, uh, in the region, which, you know, helps twins territory in the long run. So, uh, and I don't know if they have some other things up their sleeve in terms of uh, finding another broadcast partner to show games on, but um, if there's a chance for them to push us back a year, and run it back with Bally's one more year, I think they should, you know, seriously consider it. Um, that gives them more time to think about uh, long-term uh, broadcasting approaches, whether it's streaming or over the, you know, free air or whatever, however they want to present it and come up with a strategic approach to twins television. But um, if that's possible, I think it's great, but I don't, I don't know how this is going to shake out when um, the, this court case is going to go into March 28th. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know more about it than I do, Lavelle, but um, uh, I'm just a low, uh, lowly analyst. But um, <laughs> I do know there, there, was a, um, there was a court date set for December 15th, and they thought something might happen at that point in time. This is news to me that they've put, if, they've, if that's the date that they've pushed back to March 28th, that doesn't sound good. Um, so we'll see. I know that they, I, I heard the same thing that you guys, uh, heard that there was a chance for, uh, some, 
iteration of Bally's to do it for a year. Uh, but I, that the March 28th, it really puts a wrench in things. So I don't know where they are. Let's get on to actual uh, broadcasting news we can talk about with certainty. Corey Provis is going to TV. Chris Atterbury going from doing uh, you know pre-postgame work to being radio play-by-play. Uh, I like both of these guys a lot. Uh, I love to see people rewarded for good work. Provis is excellent. Atterbury's been, you know, he did a great job with the Saints. He's done a great job in his role with the Twins. I'm so happy to see him promoted. Um, and, you know, I I think this is I think this is cool stuff. Uh, Roy? Yeah, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Both of them are, are tremendous, tremendous guys. They're just great, great people. I really like uh, each of them. High integrity guys. Um, and, and really, really good guys. And, and, uh, that's a good base for them saying, you know, Corey Provis was terrific as a, um, radio play by play. He, I think he's going to be even better on television. Um, I, I think the, the, just the format of TV and his ability to set up the analyst and, and, uh, have a back and forth, uh, with the, with the, the analyst, um, whoever, whichever one of us it is, um, I, he's so well prepared. I, I think uh, I, I think he'll be really, really good, and uh, even better on TV than on than on the radio. And I'm like you, really happy for Chris Atterbury. He was terrific on uh, pregame, uh, postgame stuff on the Sunday show. Uh, really, really good. And I think he's going to be <clears throat> he's going to be great in the booth with Gladden. I think that should be. There will be. I think there'll be a lot. There'll be a lot more humor. I think there's going to be a lot more uh, interplay between uh, Atterbury and Gladden, which will, uh, it, we'll, we'll plus that up as well, too. And, Roy, I just want to say that uh, when you're working with Provis, just to make him comfortable in the booth, every once in a while when he sets you up, just give him one word, one word answer, like Gladden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we'll, I, see how pre- we'll see how prepared he is. I think that <laughs> – I think Provis should be relieved, you know, because when I listen to him on the radio, it's like at least once a game, you know, Dazzle's threatened physical violence against Corey or has actually hit Corey in the, in the in the studio during a broadcast. So I was thinking that he may be relieved to move on from uh, the, the Dazzle man. But no, I'll just Kane, those guys, you know, have a fondness for each other. And it was a good match. The thing about Corey, too, is that he's got experience calling uh, Big Ten football and basketball games um, as a TV broadcaster. So. And I think that helps the transition to doing, you know, television for baseball. So, um, and we've watched him do a Big Ten sports. He's done a great job uh, over over the years. So I'm not just saying that because he's called a number of my Illini games. I'm just saying that I think he's done a good job. So um, I look forward to seeing what Corey does in the TV booth. Agreed. And uh, and also, you know, it gets hot in those booths during the summer, and now he's not going to have to wear Kevlar. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's All right, let's get on to some potential trade subjects here. We do want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Uh, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Ho, ho, ho. The holiday season is here. <laughs> and so are the cold winter temps. Is your old worn out furnace keeping you warm? Aquarius Home Services is here to help keep you cozy all year long with our holiday super sale. Give your home a cozy, comfy, worry-free upgrade and enjoy 25% off a new whole home heating and cooling system. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com today and schedule your free in-home consultation. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. 
And once again, just want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. And once again, if you're ever shopping out in the diner or at the Galleria, stop by Twill. They're sports fans. It's a great shop. I buy all my clothes there. Twillmn.com, Twill in the Diner Galleria. So Bobby Nightingale's piece the other day pointed out that, you know, one way the Twins could go, we, we all have speculated they might trade some prospects for pitching. Bobby also said they might be willing to trade veterans who are near the end of their contracts or are on one-year deals. And that could be Kepler, it could be Polanco, it could be Farmer, it could be Vasquez. Obviously, Farmer and Vasquez are more in the throw-in phase uh, or or category, but but Polanco and Kepler both have value. Uh, let's, let's explore who you would trade and what you'd have to get in return. Let's start with Roy. Well, I think everybody it should be available. Um, you know, not, they're not going to trade uh, Byron uh, Buxton. Obviously, it, 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 there's, they're not going to do that. Uh, don't think that they would uh, trade uh, Carlos Correa. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, with at some point in time, with the kids they've got coming up, uh, both in the outfield and the infield, or infielders that could play outfield. Um, I think everybody is, should they should listen to, in order to get pitching, they should listen to whatever offer they get for whomever that there is another club may want and see what kind of deal that they can make. And So when I say they're not going to trade Correa, for example, it, I think it's unlikely that they trade him because his value to the club will be probably be different than uh, what the uh, trading club uh, wants to uh, offer from a from a pitching standpoint. But you don't know um, when you get to Polanco and Kepler. It's a little bit easier uh, for the Twins to to listen to offers there because they've got. They've got a. If they can make a good deal for a pitcher, they've got guys that they can play. They can play those positions. And as good as uh, Max uh, was in the second half of the year, and as great an out, outfielder as he is, um, I'd love to see that second half because it increased his value uh, for a potential trade. If that's it, it, and again, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't. You know. <laughs> I think you were talking about DFA and him, uh, Jim, the first part of, yes. in the first half of the season last mm-hmm. year. You know, and I, I, I wouldn't give him away, uh, but um, by any means, because uh, he's valuable. But on the other hand, if you can, if you get an offer for Max and or some package with Max in it, and you get the pitcher you want, then you got to do that. And I will say the same thing for Polanco. I love Jorge Polanco. I think he's. I, I think you don't know what you have at second base as a replacement for sure yet. Uh, but if you could get a pitcher, a, a real frontline pitcher, where a trade for Polanco is um, is part of that, uh, then I think you got to re- then I think you got to do that. And um, it, and it just they're they're dealing with some strength now. Uh, and if it's not the prospects, I'd almost rather see I'd almost rather see them trade a veteran. You know, to to the to the point to the point of this topic, I'd almost rather see them look at trading a veteran uh, than any one of these prospects that you've been been throwing around, whether it's you know, Austin Martin or especially Brooks Lee. Yeah, um, 
here, here's where the Twins could benefit is that um, the free agent market for middle infielders is terrible. It's like t- Tim Anderson is like the best of the group, and then it drops off after that. I think that's one of the reasons why they not, they uh, tendered the contract to Cal Farmer, even though he could make $7 million through arbitration, is that. Uh, but he could also draw attract a team that needs shortstop help uh, if they believe that he's still uh, a quality shortstop. And Jorge Polanco, you know, he has – he has pedigree. People know Jorge across the league. He uh, he's a switch hitter who could bat in the top of the order, uh, either first or second, and you know that gives him value as well. And if I were the Twins, I'd try to cash in on the half season of Max Kepler, and and uh, and find use him to get a starter. So I always thought it was going to take like one of those three plus a prospect or two, you know, to to bring in a quality uh, starting pitcher. But my next question is. Who's willing to deal quality starting pitcher right now? I haven't heard too much since the end of the season. There was a, a rumor about the Twins talking to Seattle uh, about a starter. And then there's also, you know, talk about the Marlins being willing to trade uh, one of their starters, uh, some more of their starters. And they got, they got a couple live arms down there and they still need more offense. So um, uh, maybe we could see a redo of uh, a Twins Marlins uh, uh, trade for a starter. But we haven't heard, you know, Anything that says, you know, pitcher X, you know, is available for a trade. I haven't heard anything like that. But um, the Twins do have pieces to add a pitcher that won't be, you know. I mean, Sonny Gray had a 5.2 war. I mean, that's a hell of a season for a starting pitcher. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to replace that. Um, but if they could find a guy who could be a three-war guy, um, and that, that helps move the chains for this rotation. So, and once again, it accelerates Louis Varlin's appearance in the bullpen. Well, and Tyler Glasnow is the name I keep hearing. Um, I don't know how much it's going to take to get him. The Cubs are supposedly interested. I could see either the the Rays or the Marlins trading, you know, young, affordable pitching that's about to get expensive. And I think that's where the Twins are probably looking right now. What that kind of a de- what kind of a deal would take? I don't know at this point. Here's another interesting name, guys. We talked, you know, with Roy has been highlighting this for a long time. Uh, he and I both said before they ever there was ever even a rumor about them signing Nelson Cruz in 2019. Roy and I were saying, hey, you got to go sign Nelson Cruz. But then Cruz held down the middle of the order for two very good offensive teams. That's kind of what they miss right now. They don't have a sure thing, number three type hitter. Uh, I don't. I know the Twins aren't looking to spend money, but would Reese Hopkins maybe be that guy? Not about it. Not about him. Um, that's one of the guys I think I'm – may have hit it at the end of the year. This could be an uh, option for the Twins. He's got some pop. Uh, he's got a track record. I don't think he would they'd have to break the bank to bring him in. So um, that would be a guy on my list. If I'm trying to think, I'm just trying to think along like the Twins. I'm not saying that you know Lavelle right. want, thinks that Reese Hopkins is the answer. I, no, I'm just trying to think along the Twins with their parameters and what their constraints are this offseason. I thought he would be a good fit. Is he a free agent? Yes, free agent. Uh, he's 30 years old and, you know, his career 846 OPS, 125 OPS plus. Basically, when he's healthy, he hits 30 home runs. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm aware. I like him a lot. Yeah. I just didn't know if you were talking about free agent or... or, or yes, free, free agent. If he's a free agent, uh, I'd, I'd take a run at him for sure. Uh, I really like the fa- where he would fit in the lineup as a right-hand hitter with some, you know... They, they, if you think about the left-hand hitters... Uh, with if Kirilov, you know, comes back healthy, uh, if they don't trade uh, Kepler, and they, um, 
And, you know, the, all around the outfield, uh, they've got left-hand hitters and, it, and uh, left-handed at Kirilov. I, I like right-handed bats, um, and he'd fit in there really well. He's a, he's a veteran guy. Um, and that's, that was one of my, uh, as you know, I mean, you alluded to it, but one of, one of the reasons why I was so strong on getting Nelson Cruz is, is to get someone that has the chops to hit third or fourth uh, in a lineup. Uh, that's a special, that's a special kill, a skill when you know you're the guy uh, and they're dependent on you. And, and uh, I, th- I think that he could get plugged into uh, uh, the uh, fourth spot, take some, some of the heat uh, off some of the younger guys that are going to be really good, uh, really good hitters. Uh, but asking them to, uh, asking Royce Lewis to be your third or fourth hitter right now, I think, I mean, the heat, no, I mean, that's a lot. That, that's a lot. And, and uh, uh, asking Kirilov to move up, I mean, you, you, you don't know. You'd prefer not to have Polanco hit third. You'd rather have him hit second. Uh, so I, I just think a, a, a big veteran right-handed bat would be, uh, like, like Hoskins would be, uh, if, they don't have to, if they don't have to pay too much, I think that's a pretty, a pretty great idea. Yeah, Hoskins is a right-handed hitting version of Joey Gallo who actually hits. another thing too um there's always a fear across in the league there's a fear about dealing with the with the uh, rays uh if you deal with the rays you end up getting fleeced you know they they ditched they got glassnow because they ditched chris archer um they fleeced a couple other teams in their trades but the one team that's had success dealing with the rays have been has been the twins they said jermaine palacios for draco derizzi and you know jake you know scuffled at times, but he also was named to all-star team while he's pitching a good for the big, He's a good big league pitcher, yeah. And they got Joe Ryan for a half season of Nelson Cruz. You know? Yep. So, um, if if they sit down at the table, I, I like the Twins' chances of coming away with something they like. Yeah, yeah my, only, my only concern about that, my only concern about that, Lavelle, is, is um, uh, you know, Glasgow's stuff on, uh, uh, Glasnow's stuff on uh, um, it, it just... As you look at it, you go, "Is man, I'd love to have that stuff." You know, we move into the probably the the second spot in the in the rotation. Why why are the Rays looking to deal him? I'm I'm suspicious of uh, really pitches with really good stuff being you know thrown out this early as as possible. But I, I like I sure like his stuff. I I I don't know if there's something wrong, but I sure like his stuff. Well, that's a fair question to ask, Roy, because I think the Rays have had like 22 pitchers over the last three years come down with Tommy John. It's like, it may be exaggerating if I am, it's just a little bit. It's been an incredible run there. So you got to ask that question about uh, uh, what's happening down there. I'm not trying to point fingers at the training staff, especially when uh, Nick Paparesta came from the Rays. They joined the Twins. Uh, But, um, you know, uh, is there going to be a long-term issue because uh, someone like Glasnow has been broken down? And I know Tommy John surgery now is like getting a, a new elbow, you know, um, and guys come back from that surgery easier than shoulder shoulder injuries. Well, you have a guy who's probably going to command a lot of money, and I'm guessing one of the reasons the Rays are trading him is because they don't they are pretty averse to uh, signing starting pitchers to long-term deals, especially as they start getting closer to thirty. Um, but uh, that's something they would have to vet out during the process here. 
No doubt. All right, we're going to get to we're talking to Joe Ryan. We're talking about all the big moves that I think we're talking here on Wednesday morning. I think there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of big news in the next 48 hours. We'll get to that next week in terms of Otani and Soto and everything else. But this is a twin show, so we're going to we like having Roy tell stories. Roy's story about uh, <laughs> Roy's story about Paul McCartney is like my favorite story of all time. We'll re- revisit that some point this winter. But today, Roy, tell us your Chuck Mangione story. Well, this doesn't have the same impact as uh, no, my, but my, nothing my buddy, Sir, Sir Paul, uh, but uh, uh, hanging out with us on our honeymoon. But um, it, this is just a feel-good story for me. So you're you're going to have to you, everybody's going to have to just indulge me uh, here. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know really really lucky fortunate. Uh, things that happen uh, to you if you're a you know major league baseball player you're running to people that you never would have known uh before when i was playing for uh the yankees uh we you know we you meet a lot of guys in the, in the clubhouse and and chuck mangione walked in one day well for those uh, of uh, people that don't remember don't know don't remember need to be reminded chuck mangione uh just just destroyed the jazz scene for a while um, in the yeah, through the eighties and into the nineties, he wrote that the I, I can't remember which Olympics it was. He he wrote and performed the theme song for one of the Olympics. That song became a huge huge hit, um, uh, and uh, he just did uh, a lot of great song. Hill where the Lord hides, and um, among uh, among other things, just phenomenal phenomenal jazz. Uh, trumpet and flugelhorn player and led a great band and orchestra. I'd been a fan of his since 1970, oof, 74, uh, 74. Uh, I, I heard a, a song uh, by him somewhere on a jazz station in LA, maybe, uh, went out and bought this album and it just blew me away. He's out of Rochester, New York, um, and it was just starting to hit it in 74, 75. I was maybe his biggest fan. I bought every album he ever made. And so when he walked in the, uh, now fast forward to 1982 or 83, he walks in the, you know, the clubhouse in, in New York and all these guys with the Yankees were, you know, a bunch of Walt Garrison's, right. I mean, they used to tease me about the, (laughs) about the clothes that I wore. And I, I once said, you know, when someone asked me about, um, about, my attire versus the, their, their blue jeans and cowboy boots. I said, you know, these, these guys all think they're Walt Garrison. They think Giorgio Armani played striker for the Cosmos, you know, in New York. <laughs> 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 which got a lot of play around the, around the country. That actually went, what was uh, newspaper viral back in, in those days. But anyway, to my, my point is they didn't have a clue who Chuck Mangione, you know, was. So Jimmy Buffett walks in. Uh, one day, well, that's a big to do in, in the Yankee clubhouse at that time. Chuck Mangione walks in with his beard and that funny little hat uh, that he wore, and I'm the only guy that knew who he was. And, I, and so I went over to him, introduced myself. We started talking. I told him all of, you know about all of the albums, all the play, all the songs that I loved. He, he had a quartet album just that, that didn't sell much, but I had it and it was wonderful. And um, so, so he goes, well, hey. What are you What are you doing uh, here right now? And, and I was in there early, and I said, "Well, nothing." He said, "Here, come on, come down here. I've got uh, I, I've got my keyboard down uh, uh, down in this room. They put me up in just to." And he said, "Come on down." And he and 
I walk down there with him and he starts playing on the keyboard. He's playing all the songs and uh, playing different things. He says, well, you might like to, you remember this one? He's playing, playing. I'm going, man, is this fun? This is, this is just really, really great. So he stopped in maybe later on that year or the next year. I was traded for the, uh, from the Yankees in, in 84. And that's the last I know of Chuck Mangione other than listening to him, you know, in my home, you know, in my car. Uh, now, fast forward again to the early 2000s and at uh, the uh, jazz club that became Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I think they, it was called the Blue Note or, or something. Yeah, uh, I think down so. Here in Minneapolis, down here in Minneapolis. I, I saw one, uh, one day that Chuck Mangione and his, and his, uh, his group were going were gonna to perform down there. I immediately bought like 12 or 15 tickets, and I, and I invited you know, family members and friends and some clients and, and, uh, to dinner and then to, uh, to the show, and they and, uh, bought tickets right in front. I'm sitting there at dinner, and I had a wild uh, idea. I asked the manager for a, a pen and a piece of paper, and I wrote a note to, to Chuck. And I said, I don't know if you'll remember me, but we used to hang, quote, hang out a little bit. And uh, when I was in New York and you'd come down to Yan- Yankee Stadium and and um, anyway, still a huge fan uh, and wanted you to know that I was that I was here. And like I said, don't know if you'll really remember, but, you know, I just I just wanted to say, hey, and you know, big fan, still, uh, still a big fan sitting out in the audience. So now we go out, sit down at the tables. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got three tables right in front of the stage. Mine's, mine's front and center. Man, Joni, the group come out. He is 12 feet away from me up on, up on this little, this little stage. And, and he never once looked in my direction, not once. And they play their ass off and they're playing and playing so much fun and and played for a little over an hour hour and a half something like that and finally he says okay we're gonna do one more song but i need to introduce the band and so he goes around he's introduced here's the bongo player and here's the drummer and here's the bass player and here's lead guitarist and here's uh jerry nywood with his longtime reed player and 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 he's going through he gets through all this stuff and then he said and of course, I I need to I need to mention the most important member of our band. And he looks down at me and points and says, "Roy Smalley is man, this <laughs> part, of the, part of the band." I couldn't believe it. It was, and um, so anyway, they play the last song. He jumps down on stage, comes down and and uh, uh, gives me a big hug, and he says, "You look exactly the same." And I said, "So do you, so do you, except you can still play." Uh, love it it was it was just it was just wonderful to reconnect and and uh just a very very special moment for me so thanks for indulging me that's great stuff and it it is you know baseball more than any other sport is a traveling carnival and especially in the old days when there weren't phones and people could kind of get away with doing you know being a little looser I, i still remember time i'm talking it's in Milwaukee County Stadium. I'm talking Molitor as a twin. I'm talking to Molitor alone by the locker room late after a game and, and clubhouse. And a t- clubby comes up and says, hey, uh, that, that musician's outside. Uh, and, and Paul's <laughs> like, I, and, and Paul's like, eyebrows shoot up. And he goes, who? And the clubby says, uh, Huey Lewis. And, and Molitor goes, and, Mo- and Molitor goes, oh, shit. I thought you were going to say Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, don't. 
don't dog Huey like that. I, I got I a like Huey, Huey but I, it's a different level. Huey's I good. Huey Lewis, I got a Huey Lewis story. I would tell oh, good. that sometime. And uh, I've got a Bob James story, the great jazz pianist. Bob James? With. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got My father I, had I, Bob James one. Remember his albums were one, two, oh, three, and four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had, I, I had, I had however many numbers he, uh, he Bob James had. I had plus some that they that they mentioned. Uh, they they call something different plus uh, stuff that he's done with other people. I, he's one of my favorite. You guys know I'm a jazz fan, uh, and uh, he was one of my favorites. Uh, ran into him in Fort Lauderdale. I didn't run into him. I purposely ran into him in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> one spring training with the Yankees. So I, we'll, we'll talk about that one. But, you know, this is this is why we call this chin music, right? It's um, that's right. It, it, it's uh, chin music because, uh, you know, high high inside heat from us about baseball. But there's also um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of music and and uh, for good reason. So we got good stories coming down the pike. We'll have more news to talk about. Good stuff. By the way, also highly recommend Don Mitchell's new show, Don of Sports at TalkNorth.com. She's had great guests. This week's guest, Brian Robinson, the former Viking. He was really fun to talk to. Uh, a lot of women reporters, women in sports. Uh, it's just a fun show. Check that out as well. For today, thanks to Roy. Thanks to Lavelle. Thank you to Brandon. And we'll be back next week.